So, we're in this series called... Say what? You almost did it. I saw it in your face. Say what? Uh, No, we're in this series called Say What? And we're looking at questions that we have for God. And I'd ask you guys at the very beginning of this to write down questions you had for God. And we have been walking through these, and, and I hope that it's been beneficial for you guys. I hope that you guys have been able to take um, important things out of these lessons. And, I, and, and ultimately, I hope that your questions that you've had have been answered through this series. However, for the first time in this series, I don't know if I'm fully going to be able to answer tonight's question. And I almost debated about whether or not to even do this question because I was a little bit, I don't want to say concerned, but I, was a, I just didn't know how it was going to work if I left any form of the question unanswered. <clears throat> so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this idea. I'll tell you what it is in just a second, but we're going to look at this idea and we're going to look at a bunch of different aspects of it and see if I can help lead you to your own conclusion. I'm going to draw what I think my conclusion is, but I want you guys to realize that um, you are you are individual Christians, right? You as a person are an individual Christian, and it's your responsibility as a Christian to read Scripture and discern uh, the biblical teachings for yourself. Yes, it's great that I get to come up here And teach you guys in this format. But you guys, as trustworthy as I am, you guys shouldn't just take everything I say and believe it all to be 100% fact. I would hope that you guys are going home studying these things that I've talked about. Or or maybe if I say something, you're like, I don't know if I agree with that. And doing your own Bible study and, and deciding what you think the Bible says. Now, that doesn't mean that... You know, there's this idea that every single person gets to decide their own interpretation of the Bible. And that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is the Bible has one meaning, one truth. I can feel that the one truth is this thing. And you can feel that the one truth is a different thing. And we can disagree on that. We can read and interpret the Bible differently. But we have to realize one of us is right and one of us is wrong. Right? There's only one truth to Scripture. But I challenge you guys to study God's word and to discern for yourself what you believe the Bible to say. And so I'm going to kind of try to, I'm, I'm going to show you how I get to the point of what I believe. And then I'm also going to kind of leave it a challenge uh, for you to kind of determine what you believe off of this. So the question came in as Saul, Paul, that we just saw was led to salvation by a direct interaction from God. Correct? We just saw that. Um, others, uh, other people, either back in that day or in current day, they don't get this sort of uh, a direct God revealing himself to them in a physical form and speaking to them and, and inter- having a dialogue with them. They don't get this same treatment necessarily. And so the question then was, why are not all people pursued the same by God? So you're going to hear me use a couple different words tonight that that I'm going to use kind of interchangeably. And those words are seek and pursue. 
Okay? And, and, and I'm thinking, when you read scripture, you see this word seek a lot. You know, you hear like, seek and ye shall find, you know, blah, blah. We, we know the word seek is used a lot in scripture. And, and that's talking about this idea of seeking something out. You know, like hide and seek means that you're like going out looking for people. The, the person who wrote this question used the word pursue. Why are we not all pursued the same by God? And, and as I was writing this, I found myself doing seek a lot just because I was studying scripture and kind of reading what it said. And the word it would use is seek. But I really like this word pursue because I feel like pursue is a little more passionate of a verb. Would you guys agree with that? There's like a difference between just seeking something out and like pursuing something. Pursuing sounds a little more like invested and a little more like passionate about trying to ultimately seek out this thing. And so I like this word pursue. And so if you hear me say seek, know that I really mean pursue. Okay, because I like that word better. Um, But they really ultimately mean really close to the same thing. Um, so I see a couple things here that I want to touch on. Two really main points or questions within this question that I want to answer. First is, are we pursued by God or do we pursue God? Okay, I think that's a valid question to ask. So when we, when we have to say, why does God not pursue everyone equally? Does God even pursue us? Or is it our job as humans and eventually as Christians to pursue God ourselves? Okay, do we see the difference there? God pursuing us, God reaching out to us, uh, revealing himself to us and, and leading us to salvation or us seeking out God to, uh, to, deter, to find and ultimately receive salvation. And then the second question is, if God does pursue us, does he pursue us individually differently? So let's look at the first idea, because before we, before we really dive into the, first, the second idea, we have to establish the answer to the first idea. So let's look at that. Does God pursue us, or do we pursue him? And simply put, the answer to this question is yes. Okay, We know that God pursues us because it's what he's done from the beginning. And if you look in Genesis 3, and you don't have to turn there, but if you read in Genesis 3, right after Adam and Eve have just sinned for the first time, it says, the Lord called unto the man. And I think this is really important here because we see in this moment that God was seeking out Adam, right? He was calling to Adam and seeking him out, even though at this point God knew that Adam had sinned. And, and, I, and I think that this is, this is really uh, a first instance in showing that even in our sinfulness and, and our mistakes and all the things we do wrong, God seeks us out. And, and I think he was seeking out Adam in this moment because he knew that ultimately Adam needed rescuing. We, we look at uh, the, the person that God sent in Jesus Christ to be our rescuer because we needed rescuing from our sins. We look at Jesus himself in the Gospels and in Luke 19.10, he says that he, quote, came to seek and save the lost. Jesus says that he came to seek the lost and to save them. 
So God is in the business. It's God's desire. It's God's will. It's God's passion to seek us out and pursue us. We have to understand that first is that God has created us as humans to be pursued by him. Once Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we became sinful humans that were in need of a pursuit from God to save us from our sin. I mean, we look at this idea and John three sixteen is like literally the most famous verse in the history of the Bible. And, and it, that's what this verse is all about. It says God, what sent his son, God sent his son, meaning God took the action. God took a step of pursuit towards us in sending his son. And he, he pursued us by sending him to die on our behalf. So we know that God, one, pursues us in general. He pursues us despite our sin. He pursues us despite our failures. And, and quite realistically, he pursues us because of those things. So now we have to answer the question, as humans, do we seek God? And the question is, we're supposed to. Because not everyone does, right? We, this is not a, some sort of trick question. Not everyone does seek God. In fact, not all Christians seek God the way they should. <clears throat> I look at, at the verse Jeremiah 29, 13. And most of you probably know Jeremiah 29, 11. I call it the church girl verse. I don't know why. I just think of it like it's always like the one that I always hear church girls be like, Oh, Jeremiah 29, 11 is my favorite verse. It's the... Um, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to, not to harm you, but to prosper you. Know, I don't know why. I always, it may have been my last youth group. They were always like, they love that. All the girls love that verse. But this is just after that, okay? So this is just after in Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then we look at throughout the entire New Testament as, as Paul is, is here. And it's interesting that Paul's the one writing about pursuing God when we're looking at Paul as being the one who was abnormally pursued by God, right? Uh, but Paul is talking throughout most of the New Testament about this idea of pursuing God and pursuing godliness with our lives. And so this idea of, of God seeking us is most definitely a biblical fact. In fact, it... it, it it was the, one of the first chapters of the Bible was talking about God seeking us. And, and us seeking God in return is, is something that should be mutual as a believer. But I think more importantly than realizing that this, this pursuance of each other is mutual, we have to realize the order in which we are pursued. I look at John six forty four, and uh, some teachers of the law were really giving Jesus a hard time, asking him a bunch of questions, um, and, and really mad at him because he was claiming to have come from God and heaven. And Jesus says to them in John six forty four, he says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. 
And I, and I tell you guys this all the time. You probably have heard me say this, that salvation is not about you or anything that you do, but salvation is about what Jesus did for you. And in the same way, the same vein, pursuing God is not about you or anything that you do. It's about honoring the fact that God has first pursued you and saved you out of your sin and devoting your life to, say, to serve him in return, right? God took it upon himself that in your sin, he wanted to pursue you with everything that he is and everything that he was so much so that he sent his son to die for you. So at the very least, out of appreciation for that fact, we should devote our lives to pursuing God in return. Right? So, so we have to realize that first God pursues us, and then it's our job to then pursue God. So we know that essentially being a Christian means we're pursuing God with our lives. So I ask you guys tonight, if you claim to be a Christian... Are you pursuing God with your life? Speaking for myself, I know that answer is not as confident as I wish it was. And I'm sure for most of you guys in here, the answer is not as confident as you wish it was too. And, I, and, I, and guys, I know how it is, right? Like I was in your shoes one time. I, I, and I've told you guys, you guys know this about me. Like whenever I was in high school, I was literally in almost every club and, and thing imaginable. I was, in the ro I was on the robotics team, guys. Like that's how like I was in everything, okay? I showed up at 7 a.m. for band practice and I didn't go home until 5 o'clock after basketball practice, okay? I literally and – then, and then I would have late night meetings with this club and late night – I was so busy in high school. I get it, right? We're not even talking about homework in there like anyone really does homework. But, but I get it. Your lives are busy. You have things going on. On top of all those things, you have social lives, right? You got to get those three hours on TikTok every night, right? Okay? Our lives, our lives are filled with all these things. But if we claim to be a Christian, if we claim to be someone who... who, who Claims to know God as the one true king that sent his son Jesus to die for us. And we claim his name. Everything we do, whether it's a club at school, whether it's our social life, whether it's our homework, whatever we do. Should be totally ingrained with a pursuit of God running through it. And I don't know what that means for you. I wish I could just be here and be like, hey, you know what? While you guys are at band rehearsal, here's how you can pursue God in that time. I, I wish I could tell you that. Like, and I could give you some tips that worked for me. You know, maybe it's during football practice. How can I pursue God during this time? I, I don't know what that's going to be for you. But we all have to find ways to pursue God in our lives if we are truly to be the Christians that God has called us to be. And so we have to realize that our return for God pursuing us is pursuing him in return. And so we, we, we see this and we, and we acknowledge that God has pursued us. 
And so then we come to our second question, which is why or, or does God pursue people differently? And this is where the answer starts to get tricky. And I said I didn't have a, a total, complete answer. I had a total and complete answer for the first one. Yes, God seeks us, pursues us. Yes, we should seek and pursue God in return. But this is where the answer starts to get tricky. Using the example given in the question was, was the way that, that Saul slash Paul was pursued by God, right? That, 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 and again, this was not... <laughs> That was not shot back when it actually happened, believe it or not, okay? Like that was uh, obviously a movie or some sort of recreation of, of the, what someone feels the moment was like, okay? But <clears throat> we look at this moment where Saul, not just an unbeliever, but someone who was so entrenched and ingrained in the ways of the world and the sins of his life that he was, and I don't know if it was frustration, if it was embarrassment, if it was, they, I don't want them to, competition of some sort, but he was dead set against not just refuting Christians, not just defeating them, but like destroying them, right? He wanted to wipe Christianity off the face of the planet, and in this moment where Saul is so stuck in his sin, God doesn't just do what he does to a lot of people and just someone invited Saul to, to Sunday school and he heard the gospel and he was like, you know what, that sounds pretty good. Or no one invited Saul to summer camp. And he hears the gospel and is like, you know what? I think I'm going to go down. For no, it didn't happen like that. Jesus firmly plants himself in front of Saul on the road to Damascus in this blinding light of glory. Has a dialogue with Saul. <clears throat> excuse me. Has a dialogue with Saul where he sits there and says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you living your life in a way that is against everything that I have done for you? And I think I look at this and I could transfer this to my own life. Now, I'm not out persecuting Christians. I, I hope quite oppositely I, I am encouraging and, and teaching and, and discipling Christians. But I look at the way that I act and some of the things that I do in my life. And it is a persecution of Jesus and what he's done for me. And so I look at this moment where Jesus looks at Saul and he says, why are you persecuting me? And he's essentially just sitting here going, Saul, why do you not believe what I've done for you? And, and not just in this moment of this, this light, this blinding light and this dialogue with Jesus, but ultimately he performs, a, a, Saul probably didn't think it was a miracle, but a pseudo miracle in blinding Saul in that moment, temporarily blinding him so that Saul would get the hint, right? It wasn't just, like Saul couldn't just wake up and be like, whoa, that was a crazy weird dream I just had. Good thing it was only a dream. I'm just going to carry on my life. No, Saul could not live his life the way he had before because Jesus had drastically impacted what he, who he was for that moment. And, and I look at this and I look at this moment and I think, gosh, this just doesn't happen today. Like that, 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 that kind of moment 
just doesn't really happen today. You don't hear people come into the church and be like, holy cow, I was driving on the way to Bentonville and God just came down on I-49 and like I turned blind. I had to pull over to the side of the road, call the highway patrol. Like, so I came to the church and now I'm here to meet. It just doesn't happen like that. Right? So, so we look at this and we say like, why did God choose Saul to pursue in such a way? And, and I don't know if you guys have really experienced this in your life. And, and this, is a, this is a tangent, but I promise that it, it connects. We've talked a lot in here about testimonies before. And I've always felt like I had a horrible testimony because I was saved whenever I was six. And I grew up in church and like... It's just a boring testimony. And then you'll go to like camps or you'll have like a, a guest speaker at something. And they'll be like, man, I was a party boy. I was on every drug known to mankind. And I was riding in the back of the truck, back of a truck. And I was high and drunk and I fell out of the truck and I split my head open and I went into a coma for a week. And while I was in a coma, I saw God and he revealed himself to me and I became a Christian. And now I go around speaking, teaching, preaching the gospel and you're like, wow, that's a cool testimony. I wish my testimony was like that. I was six years old and my parents had preached the gospel to me my whole life. And I accept it. Like, I always thought that my, my testimony was so, like, so weak, right? And that these people's testimonies are so cool because God pursued them in this, like, supernatural way, you know? And so, I mean, whether, it's, whether we look in the Bible and we see the story of Saul and how God pursued him in a supernatural way, or we look at maybe other people that we hear of or we talk to whose testimonies are like crazy and wild, and we see that God pursued them in maybe a different way that they pursued me as a six-year-old. Like, I wasn't drunk and high as a six-year-old and falling out of the back of trucks, right? So, like, God pursued me as a six-year-old in a different way than he would someone like that. And, and so we look at this and we go, why does God not pursue me like that? If he truly wants me to be a follower of him, then he'll do some sort of miraculous sign and reveal himself to me. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're waiting for your road to Damascus moment, God audibly calling you out by name, you need to realize that is not typically how God pursues people. Okay, you need to realize that that may not be the way that God has chosen to pursue you specifically. God pursues us through his creation. God pursues us through others. God pursues us through nature. God pursues us through any means necessary. And if that means is that he has to directly have dialogue with you, he might do that. I'm not ruling that out of the realm of possibility. But if that, 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 but him pursuing you is maybe through you coming on a Wednesday night and hearing the gospel preached by myself, by Ben, by Aaron, maybe it's Sunday morning, whatever. Maybe it's through a relationship that you have with someone in this room and they talk to you and they go, you know what? You know, you've been coming on Wednesday nights. Have you ever, re have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Maybe God pursues you through that avenue. Maybe you're driving home one day and the sun's setting we live in a beautiful part of the country, right? Oklahoma, Arkansas. It's all one state, really. Like, let's just pretend like. No, but like we have beautiful sunsets here, right? Like the, the clouds and sometimes when the dust builds up and it gets like really all pink and orange. Like it's beautiful, right? Maybe you're driving home and you look and you go, wow, that is so beautiful. Only an, a truly amazing God 
could create something like that. I don't know how God pursues you. I don't know. But the fact is, God pursues you. God pursues you. Guys, the, the, I look at this idea of God pursuing us through other people. And that's really what I'm going to kind of talk about the rest of the way here. But, 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 but realize at this point that, yes, God can pursue us all differently, right? But it doesn't mean that any pursuit is more or less valuable. <clears throat> and I look at this idea that God pursues us through other people. And, and, I, and I want you guys to really grasp hold of this right now. So, so really pay attention to what, what, what I'm about to say here. Because this idea of God pursuing us through others, that's what evangelism, the Great Commission, are all about. It's about being the action of God's pursuit. Do you guys realize what an important and valuable role that is for us as Christians? That we are God's action. You, you will hear the term used frequently. We are God's hands and feet, right? We do the work of God. And sometimes that means we as humans individually are responsible for pursuing others for God. And I think that God didn't want this fact to be missed on this interaction with Saul. Because if you look at this interaction with Saul, and this is where I really draw the idea that, that no pursuit of God is greater or worse than any other pursuit. Because what does, what does Jesus tell Saul to do in this interaction? He tells him to go to the city and he will be told what to do. So he tells Saul to go into Damascus and that he will reveal what he wants to do. And on the other hand, we see Ananias be approached by God in a vision telling him to go to Saul. And naturally he was hesitant because he was a Christian and Paul, Saul liked to kill Christians. But ultimately he connects with Saul and Ananias is the one who prays with Saul. We see Saul come to faith in Jesus and says he receives the Holy Spirit, which is simply a way of saying he receives salvation. The scales fall from his eyes and he's baptized. When we look at this story, it seems like a grand pursuit of Saul. Like it seems like this, this amazing, divine God coming down like and leading Saul to faith in him. But it really isn't different than the pursuit that we are called to live out each and every day of our lives. Right? Ananias was just a human. God did not... <laughs> that was going to sound weird. God did save Saul. Right? But God did not lead Saul to salvation. God led Saul to Ananias. Ananias shared the gospel with Saul. We are called to be people who reveal God or, or are the pursuit of God to a lost and dying world. Guys, you know better than I do because you're in it every day at school, in your friend groups. Guys, I don't see half of the stuff 
that goes on in, in, in your lives because I see your church side, like, right? I see your church selves, okay? Let, let's just be real for a second. I'm not in the trenches with you guys every single day at your schools. You guys can tell me better than I can tell you. I can sit here and go, hey, I'm looking and I'm seeing that our world is lost and our world is dying a, a spiritual death. But you guys can look at that and go, yeah, I see it right there. Yeah, I see it right there. Yeah, I see it right there. I told my, I told my parents one time whenever I was in high school, my parents didn't allow me to watch rated R movies. Right? They're not supposed to be for people over 18. And I wasn't over 18 until I was a senior. So they didn't let me watch rated R movies. And I always told them, I said, do you guys realize that me being in high school is worse than watching a rated R movie? I know what your high schools are like, probably not even to the full extent, because I know what they were like 15 years ago. And I can't imagine how much worse they've gotten. We have to be people who are called to reveal God to a lost and dying world. And, and if someone you know never gets pursued by God, it's not because God didn't pursue them. It's because you didn't. God wants to use us. God wants to use everything at his disposal to pursue us. God's one true passion is to love us and to pursue us. And he will use any means necessary to do that. It's our responsibility as people who pursue God in return and seek his will to realize that we have to be people who pursue the lost. For God. So does God possibly reveal himself to people in different ways? Yes. But does he pursue us differently? No. He pursues us all the same. And this makes me think of the parable of the, the lost sheep. Right? God says that he leaves the 99 to find the one. He doesn't say whether the one was Saul or the one was Brian or the one was insert your name here. He doesn't say who the one was. It didn't matter which one of the 100 sheep it was that was lost. He would have pursued each of them the same. And we need to realize that God pursues each and every one of his sons and daughters the same till the very end that he can. This means no matter how many mistakes someone's made, no matter how horribly someone has lived, no matter how many times they have rejected an offer to come to church or told you that they have determined that they are going to be an atheist for the rest of their days, it doesn't matter until that moment when they cease to exist on this earth, God will continue to pursue them to the best of his ability and so should we. The question really is, do we have the same commitment to pursue the lost as God does? <clears throat> and I know that when all was said and done, I'd rather have a bunch of people in heaven thanking me for sharing the gospel with them, thanking me for not giving up in a pursuit of them. Thanking me. For showing them what the gospel means. 
than have even one person get turned away from heaven and look at me and go, why didn't you pursue me more? We have to be people who execute God's pursuit of others. We have to seek God. And if we're truly seeking God, if we're truly pursuing God in the way that we should as a Christian, then we will see that our responsibility as Christians is to pursue the lost for God. I asked you guys a couple weeks ago to write down uh, your, your names on that, that circle thing. I think I may have somewhere up here if you didn't get a chance to do that. But I hope that you guys took that seriously. And I know we haven't got them put up yet. So try to bring those next week and, and I'll have all of the ones that I have here. And we'll try to get those put up. But guys, this, this youth group, our focus this year has to be an all-out pursuit. Run as hard as you can. Some of you guys are seniors. Some of you guys are, have a couple years left. But we have to be people who are driven to pursue others for the kingdom of God. And that's going to be our focus this year. I'm going to pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for these students. Ultimately, God, I thank you for your pursuit of us. Without it, we would be nothing. We would be lost, dying, forgotten people, God. But thank you to, for your pursuit of us. You're sending your son to die for us. And I pray that you would give each and every student in here the same passion for pursuing you that you have for pursuing them. And I pray that in that pursuit of you that they would see the call that you have laid out on their lives. God, each of us have a different call on our lives. You call each of us to serve you in a different way. But you call all of us to be people who pursue the lost. I pray that you would help these students to embrace that. And to act it out in their lives. That they would see those around them that need you. And that they would be, they would be filled with a passion and a courage to do something about it. God, we don't say these things in this prayer. We don't just say these things as lip service. We truly mean them, God. We pray that, that you would just reveal yourself and your power and your might would just infect us and that you would just work through us in a mighty way, God. So often we say these things and we don't really mean them. They just sound good. But I, I genuinely pray that you would just send your pursuit of others through us. God, I thank you for the trust that you have in us. I thank you for the faith that you place in us to do your work. And I pray that we would all strive to be people who do it to the best of our abilities and not let you down. I pray all this in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen.